welcome to episode 177 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast. I am your host and guild leader, Alana Higgs, for this week, and we are back with Tales of Vesperia. It's part two of our journey around Turka Lumeray, and returning with me is Mike Solosi. I got demoted. I'm not the leader of Guild Retro Encounter anymore. <laughs> you know. I usurped you for a week, that's all. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll just make sure to cook many delicious crepes for you. Oh, that's probably the best pick out of all the recipes. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they, oh, they, I like they, the curry in, as well. In this mm-hmm. game, they make crepes with banana and kiwi, and that's very intriguing to me. Yeah, right? You do strawberry right? and kiwi, but banana and kiwi sounds good. Yeah, I'm not the biggest right. fan of kiwi, but bananas I, are great. I would I would order that out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, yeah. My my cooking <laughs> skills are my cooking skills are above Flynn's, but I don't know exactly how high they go. Oh my I god! Mean, there is a patty side quest that you have you can get by mastering three abilities and yep. cooking six hundred times. Six hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. And the there. battle book you actually have to use a stupid uh, bespectacle thing on everyone. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, (laughs) it is pretty crazy. Um, But Uh, yeah, anyway, as you can hear, I'm also returning. It's Steph Sabidlow. Of Fortune's Market. (laughs) Haha. Yeah, (laughs) I just thought that on the spot. (laughs) You'd Uh, fit with Kaufman. uh, Kaufman's cool, though, so that's a good guild to... I I could use more Kaufman in this game. Right. Like, 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 just give me a a line of side quests or something, Kaufman. You're all right. I know, right? You get to like bodyguard for her as part of story stuff, and then you don't get any side quests. She builds a she whole town in like a day. Yeah, she gives you a boat. She builds what? a town in as a whole someone, like day. Yeah, as someone who approves <laughs> building permits for a living, that is impossible. Or Orneon is a marvel of construction and engineering. <laughs> yeah, in the snow as well, like in the snowy areas. Oh, anyway, um, so last episode we left off at the end after the Don had died, and we kind of blasted through a lot in those last spoilers. couple of Spoilers! I know, right? Straight in with the spoilers. Straight in with the new town <laughs> that they build at the end of the game as well. Um, but kind of just to go over things that happened, because we're jumping in at Mount Temza, which is where Judith has run off to. Uh, prior to the Don dying, I don't know how much we covered this, and I think I want to cover Judy as a character, because this is kind of like the culmination of her character arc. She destroys a Blastia on your ship after uh, leaving Nordopolica for the second time, mm-hmm. and then she runs off. So after going to Leviathan's Claws hideout and it's watching the Don die, you go to save her. And Judy is a really interesting character because this is where the kind of environmental side of Vesperia starts to creep out and it starts to hint towards where the plot is going to go in the third half of the story. And yeah, because the, the three char- the three story arcs are basically save the town, save the girls, save the world, and they start yeah. introducing yeah. the elements of the of the future arcs in each arc, and uh, like you start learning you start learning about Estelle's power in the first arc, but but really she's the second arc, and you start learning about the Blastia issues and the Entelkea conflict in the second arc. They really one eighty. It's like yeah, your really power the- saves. Oh no, it it really does not stop. <laughs> stop. It's like oh, but we can use your power to maybe save the world by re-engineering it. And oh, of but, course. But now we have to play a Guitar Hero <laughs> mini game. Oh god! And and I was when we did this, like that was something I had not remembered from the first time I played this game, and I was worried I would have to do it for every single spirit. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they. I, someone will correct me. I'm pretty sure they added that in for Definitive Edition. Okay, maybe they did. I, I, I didn't. <laughs> okay, they probably did. But uh, but I remember like 
playing is like, I don't remember this. Do I have to do this a bunch of times? <laughs> yeah. is, it, is that because this game came out right in the middle of the Guitar Hero Rock Band craze? God, it really did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think when people people started getting tired of buying plastic instruments around like 2011, 2012, I want to say. But like mm-hmm. the latter half of the 2000s, they were enormous. Oh, yeah. God, I worked at EB Games around that time. People wanted to oh, trade yikes. them in for like a Oh, buck. God, yeah. yeah. I bet. People, yeah, people got sick of them and wanted to trade them in. I bet they did. My, mine are sitting in the in the basement next to my furnace where they surely won't burn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Maybe yeah. it'll be in vogue again one day as like a cool retro thing. Maybe, yeah, you know. Um, Wait, well, I mean, the Labo, you could build something with that, probably. You can do the piano. I know I know that like bars and game places will... Uh, um, just do keep them connected because they do get they do get play, but uh, I think yeah. I think um, the regular consumer's willingness to buy a new set every two years is gone. It'll it'll be a while before they uh, you know try to bring back that technology. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Back to Vesperia. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of like a leeway in, but I don't think I can because Judy is not musically apt, so I don't know. She might be. Maybe I mean, she is. She, she's a very graceful person. Maybe she's involved she, in dance. Maybe mm. she is. Yeah, she likes gambling, so I'm sure there's other things involved. Um, but she's, yeah, Judy... she's, a, she's the third best shouter in the game, as far as we know. <laughs> oh my god, I love that side quest. <laughs> Me too. I, I came across that side quest totally by accident, but okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should go back to the actual story. Um, yes, we should. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Judy. Uh, she's involved in the environmental arc. Yeah, she is. So the idea is, is that she's been going around destroying the Blastia, and throughout the game, you've been coming across these Blastia that have strange formulas on them. It turns out these are called Hermes Blastia, and they are a particularly powerful type that it consume more air than most other Blastia. And initially, when they were created, I think the creator who was called Hermes said, believed that they wouldn't, and then they did the complete opposite. So he tried to get rid of his research. And so she's on that mission to do that. Um, and then the party get really angry at her because she didn't tell them, and I feel kind of bad for her, but like her... Well, problems could be just settled if we talk things through. Oh, pretty much. But that's yeah. all, that, It's also part of Judith's personality not to talk. She, yeah, she, 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 she sort of goes with the flow and doesn't really tell people things unless, it's, unless she thinks it's important, and she's you know, is more inclined just to just not tell people, it, which yeah. is frustrating because she was, I mean, antagonizing the party for a little while, but then she decided to join with them when her and U- Yuri were captured together, and she, the party accepted her kind of suddenly? Very but- <laughs> suddenly. It's a recurring theme. <laughs> <laughs> you fight pretty good. I think it would behoove both of us to keep it up. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I I admired how easily her and Yuri get along together, and uh, and also uh, um, when Yuri was going out to you know straight up murder someone in an act of vigilantism, he would always go out and take a walk, and Judith had the same attitude whenever she was going out to destroy Blastia, and whenever <laughs> yeah, you, she just kind of walks off, <laughs> yeah, and, and whenever you have one of those stupid. Uh, stu- stupid, annoying sequences where you have to locate every party member in a certain town after you all separate. Yeah. Um, she's it, always at the exit. Yeah, she's always at the exit. You have to try and leave to find her. It took me, like, the first time that happened, I think it was at one of the Capuas and it, <laughs> in, in the first half of the game, and it, it took me, like, 20 minutes to find her because I didn't think of trying to leave the town. Yeah, the first time I was like, where the hell? Second time I was like, oh, wait, is she? And by the third time yeah, I was exactly. like, okay, I know where she is. I'm going out first. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Precisely. 
Yeah, she's mysterious for sure. Um, but yeah, I think her and Yuri are cut from the same cloth. They're very much loners, very much do their own thing and very much get their own problems sorted on their own. So yeah, I get it. Um, but she's been troubled by the hunting blades at the top of Mount Temzer. And I think I said this last episode, I hate the hunting blades. Apart from Nan, Nan is adorable, but their kind of tenacity with monsters, and especially in this case, Bowel, who is evolving to become an Entelechaea, um, they're trying to kill him and... Judy's not it's totally happy. Pokemon. It is, right? Mm. It's, <laughs> with friendship. It's a very and... instant. Uh, until a chameleon evolved into, until a Chaosard. There oh, you wow. go. Sure. <laughs> I do love the mode of transport, though, that you actually call him to kind of pick up your boat. I know. We I so... How do they call the weird. boats around him? This is weird, because I, I think this is the third Japanese RPG where I've flown around in a flying whale in the past 12 months. But but Baul is a he's a cool flying whale and but he evolves into from a sort of a medium sized dragon to an enormous flying whale in a way that I don't understand anatomically but uh, Entelechaea are cool. He's huge. He can't swim either. There's a whole cutscene about a flying that. whale that hates water. <laughs> exactly. And Judy's like he'll just sink and I'm like no. Floating jellyfish in the sky. <laughs> If if he just sinks in water, how is he flying so easily? He, if, if anything, he should be able to float better than dive. But uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh. Bowel is a cool entelechaea and very adorable and has lots of little idiosyncrasies and insecurities throughout the game, which I always think are really cute. There's a really cute discussion in, during part three. I feel three. like the whole cast seems to have their own like insecurities. Yeah, it carries yes. through with everybody pretty evenly. Um, but the, after that kind of brief diversion, we jump into two kind of things. So we go off to see Pharaoh, who finally, after taking the guild job like 15 hours ago, we go and talk to him and he tells Estelle what her powers mean and everything, and then they go off to the magical city of Miozo through Egathor Forest. But there's a bit of a diversion in the definitive edition. Um, so Patty starts to get a little bit of a limelight shone on her. Um, right. We go to... She doesn't uh, join permanently in the game until near until partway through Act 2, right? Or, or, yeah, Santa, just after the Sands of Kagor, pretty much. Right, yeah, yeah, around the desert area stuff, right. Yeah. Um, so uh, people have been thrown around the Black Hope Massacre and the name Eifried and the fact that she is Eifried's granddaughter. So you end up in this um, cave. I can't remember what it's called. Renswellar Hollow or something like that. There's too many R hollows in this game. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. then you like that place. Yeah, it's gorgeous, isn't it? That, this game does flower. Yeah. This game does flower fields really nice, and air crenades and air springs. They're all really pretty. I um, love the uh, architecture too. It's also clean cut. Like the yeah. the colors and style really work for this game. Everything looks smooth and pretty, and the lighting is very atmospheric. And, yeah, we... and, and they're also pretty good about scale and uh, verticality. Like sometimes when you're in a like in yeah. the final dungeon of the game, you're walking up a narrow bridge that just makes the whole space seem enormous. And in mm. areas like uh, like Cave Mock, where you're like walking on vines and stuff over visible valleys below it, it, it i got it, so it, lost in that place yeah, and it, i don't it, know it why. makes it I makes the whole thing forward. yeah it makes the place feel large and winding and dense at the same time even though the pathways yeah. are the pathways are pretty limited it's um it, it's good environment design in general and i don't think any of the dungeons feel horribly long except when they chain them together but we'll get to that <laughs> oh yeah i hate that bit but yeah um but yeah i, I think the the city design and the uh dungeon design are both cool in this game yours all made me so sad i wanted to keep exploring all the podules and everything i know so they lock half of it and out. it's so tiny yeah it's only it's only like one town square and then like three buildings and a warehouse 
Oh yeah, the warehouse if that oh. counts. It's bull. I hate the warehouses. I hate them in Abyss and I hate them in Vesperia. I didn't. I did a fun mini game. I think I did like two of them in Abyss and disliked them so much that I just completely skipped them this time. Mm -hmm. And when I say did them in Abyss, I mean two years ago for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I hate them. Um, actually, we didn't mention this, um, and I mentioned it in a write up I did. Uh, this game's aged pretty well. Like the cell shaded style was something they were going to run with. Yeah, yeah, they were going to run with it for the series, and they did for Graces and kind of for Exilia. But for the newer ones, they've kind of dropped off a little bit, and they've gone more grey. And this one's just so pretty and so vibrant. vibrant. I, I think this um, game had to have a multi-year development cycle and a pretty good budget because it was the first HD Tales of game, and it really felt like they went all out for uh, um, j just the amount of content in the game and how good everything looks and how tightly it's designed. It's, it, it, yeah, it, the cutscenes could look better. They sure. look pretty okay. bad. That's fair, but, but I mean, the, the, uh, the animated cutscenes would have been animated by an outside studio anyway, probably. Yeah, but, IG? Um, sure. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not great at keeping track of anime studios. But, the, uh, but it, yeah, it feels big and modern even 10 years or 11 years later and uh yeah, like I, I towards the end um when i was in act three I'm, I'm like man there's a lot of stuff to do in this i feel like i'm not doing more than i'm doing in terms of the op optional content there is so much of it when you really start to dig in um i did pretty much everything but the Colosseum and the two dungeons there is so much even from miniature little cutscenes to you know you'll just get one cutscene and you'll get a spell you'll get a cutscene that just tells you one yeah. thing about one character or you'll have an like as tales games are good about doing side quests where you don't actually get a reward maybe it's just an item you can't use but it's yeah. still to help expand it yeah it, it, so sometimes kind of cool. sometimes your reward will just be more dialogue and i yeah i think and in the latter half of the game, if you spend the night at like any inn, there's going to be some special cutscene. I think I spent mm -hmm. the night in Dongrest uh, six <laughs> nights in a row for once. Carol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like five of them were for Carol, and then the sixth time was for someone else. But I got a special cutscene six nights in a row, spending uh, spending the night at the inn at Dongrest. And so many endgame side quests are triggered by going into it, revisiting a certain area or spending the night at the inn. There's so much of it. I I I, th I feel like I barely scratched the sur surface, and I ran through the Colosseum with eight characters or something. Nice. That's really good. I want to dig into side quests definitely at yeah. some point because there's a few I want to touch on as well. Um, but that kind of Patty's I like whole story is about um, well the Black Coat Massacre. At this point, all we know is that I freed killed lots and lots of pirates or lots of members of the guilds and. They're all buried, but we know later on, we'll touch on it a little bit later, that Patty is Ifreed spoilers, which nobody saw coming, probably, no. given given the series history. Um, or did you not see it coming? I, I didn't see it coming. Oh! I, 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 I figured, um, like, she might have been Ifreed reincarnated or something. Yeah. But, uh, but... That oh no, she's Ifreed, and, uh, and, and Cypher was her, was her proxy... But um, uh, yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. I thought she, my my likeliest scenario was that uh, she was actually his granddaughter, and we would learn what would ha what happened to him and maybe also her parents. But that the fact no, Ivory was a ten year old girl all along was just a like really. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of saw it coming, but then again, I did know a lot of definitive edition stuff before I dug in, so maybe that prepared me but also I guess... i'm a clueless moron which uh is working against me 
Well, there are other things that surprised me when I first played this game, and we'll get to those in a minute. Um, but yeah, Patty being I free is kind of neat. I think it's very strange because she's not very pirate-like in a lot of ways. Like she's she loves cooking. She's really good at cooking, and a lot of her moveset is designed around gambling or cooking, which I think is adorable. She is so good in battle as well. I did I not love her. Oh my I god! Did you get a chance to play with her in the end? Yeah, at all? Oh I god. did. I uh, um... she moves fast too. They really polish yeah. her up. Uh, she's fast, yeah, I remember she, some of my complaints with some of the characters that they're way too clunky, like Carol, uh, Judith. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Judith is like is, is clunky slow. on the ground, but if you uh, unlock her yeah, skills to keep her in the air more, she's awesome. And Patty has what four different forms, and every form and all of her arts behave differently in each form. Yeah. I will say that is one of my major issues with the game, though, is that the the gameplay is really good in the third act yeah it's a long the second half of the second act picks up and then like the third act you've got everything and then it's like yeah this is great fast and it's crazy but then you don't have the substance Um, of the game and the story to kind of support i I think a lot of the characters other than yuri and maybe rapide and uh uh and flynn need certain skills for them to feel as effective as yuri so yeah. I, I used Yuri almost exclusively for the first two thirds, but then when I started using everyone in the Coliseum and I, everyone had a bunch of skills by then because I was obsessed with changing weapons to, to get as many skills yeah. as I could, um, by that time, uh, people's movesets are good enough that you can have fun with almost any character. But I hated when I tried to use Carol at the beginning of the game because he had a stupid <sighs> two-hit combo and never, had, and never had TP, and he moves Judith slower. He's moves, so slow. I think he's slower than Judith. Yeah. He um, is the slowest character, I think. Yeah, but so, like, everyone, um, like, Yuri is pretty usable from the get-go, but uh, for almost everyone else, you need their skill bar to fill out a little bit. But fortunately, this game has a frankly ridiculous number of skills and exploitations with those skills. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure it must be, like, After a while, it does throw them at you faster than you're able to kind of... Yeah. Eventually, um, if you give uh, Rita a couple overlimit skills and have her use Thunderblade or Tidal Wave, uh, she'll be able to th- go into overlimit, use and chain her spells together without casting times. And by the yeah. time her overlimit runs out, she'll have built another meter of overlimit. Yeah, scary. <laughs> it's that's where blah 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 comes from. Yes, blah, especially blah, blah. yeah, especially with tidal wave, which is like an all hitting move that uh, is impossible to avoid, basically. But th- like yeah. that's just one exploit where almost every character can become ridiculous like patty's uh character specific skills are all so weird and crazy i remember as i was learning them i'm I'm like what do you mean in brainiac mode she can do this (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know right those skills like her modes like never really i never really got them too much i guess one of them was quicker one of them was stronger one of them was better magically but all her spells Mm. are random so yeah. she won't like ever cast the same spell in a row. And, and, or she, we want to know what she's casting. And when you do the form change, it's random what form you go into. It's 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 like it's like one of them is the bigger damage everything. One of them is more magic, and one of them is like increases her combo and and makes all of her moves close range. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's basically like range, melee, and then then the super version that doesn't appear as often. But it's. Mm-hmm. Like like uh, you you do that move and it's like okay I guess I'm I guess I'm a, I'm a mage now and uh, I, I do that for about thirty <laughs> seconds until like until her gun stops shooting red sparks anymore and uh, like it, it was a little confusing using her but it's but the deliberate randomness and actual real power I think make her pretty fun but yeah I, uh, she, has, she has some super good moves and yeah. healing and TP healing she has random TP healing it's random mm. but. 
it, when it happens, it's like 200 TP, and I'm like, that's great. You can stay <laughs> forever, basically. She's so good. Um, also, she gets some of the best costumes. She looks cute in everything. I everything. Love yeah. yeah I, I don't care for the Dig Dug one, but it is cute. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the Pirate Queen one that's basically like a shiny red and white version of a regular outfit. It's pretty I, I like the ones where her pigtails go move around too. Yeah. <laughs> the the, the feathers in her hat. <laughs> yeah, she her beach her bikini costume is really cute. It's like a Hawaiian dress and she just looks really sweet in it. But Oh, that's right. There's two sets of uh of bathing sort of outfits right I, they got like their small yeah they've got their... swimsuits and the uh, hot springs outfit how do you oh, get those uh, ones do, 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 do you, you get, get them in game or are they all dlc no so the swimsuit ones you have to get in the final act of the game you have to do a side quest down by Jorngen and you talk to a butler and you go and get like rare items for him um and you yeah. get one set of male and one set of female so there's two parts to it um it's pretty easy you just have to find out where they are um and then take them back so there's so yeah, much optional really content in this, game. in this game oh my there's, god there's so many so many like they were really fun with this one too i really really I like love, estelle's yeah, and I love that they have a set based on yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i do love how they have a set based on like the ultimate armor pictures yeah those ones look cool like a lot of the equipment looks really cool so it's great that they actually you know show it off for once and everyone has at least two cameo outfits plus including a full tales of the abyss set yeah mm -hmm. i love that one <laughs> yeah i do like repeat's jojo one that's pretty great yeah of all the ones you could put in them i uh, um towards the end you can do the uh the play scene on namco banda isle <laughs> I did that. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and and the costume Yuri gets from that is a demon lord costume that actually looks super cool, and I had them in the in that for the rest of the game. Yeah, too much chest for me, but uh, well, I cover the, I cover the chest with, with a little green magatama, which okay. helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got to accessorize over his chest. Stuffed animals on repeat as well. Sorry, <laughs> stuffed people. Yeah, there's a um. If, if you find all of them, so if you find all of them, you can unlock the one that's every single stuffed animal on him. Yeah. I, yeah. I got so many people asking me, they're like, how did you do that? Well, if you get all eight, nine of them, or all eight of them, then you stick them on. It's great. Oh, there's, a, no, there's a lady in Dongrast, actually. She sells you costume sets, kind yes. of like how you can bunch up a three of them. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I, think I it, just it, talked to her a bunch of times. Yeah, it's um, the more titles you find, the more costumes and accessories she gives you. I right. Think. Okay. And, yeah. and it's a uh, and uh, the definitive uh, edition of this game gives you a bunch out of the box. And in the first in the previous episode, Alana, you told me how to unlock those items because I hadn't figured it out when I'm <laughs> playing through the first half. So really, all of my co costume and accessory experimentation, or the huge majority of it, was in the second half of playing this. But they mm -hmm. they give you a ton already and then there's a bunch more to unlock and then there's probably a hundred bucks of dlc you, you can there's free dlc to just have everyone learn every recipe which yeah i i sort of wish i had done because i did so much freaking cooking in this game maybe, maybe i could have done less <sighs> but it's useful it is useful yeah the cooking is powerful in this game yeah it's really really good um so after cooking is powerful in real life um true is... also true <laughs> We'll go to Egethal Forest. We go through Egethal Forest because we get this magic, I think it's a flute or something that uh, Judith has to use to get it's to the auto. It's a bell, thank you. Ring um, a bell! Oh, no, it's too obvious. Um, <laughs> but then we go to Miorzo after finding out that we struck a deal with Tort, I think his name is, who's one of the uh, Critia, who says, no, you need to clear the holy land of Egethal Forest away um, from all Was of the Was that added as well, I think, to this one? Um, I think the cutscene was added. Um, I don't remember. I think I remember having a discussion with 
Acritian, um, and he gives you the bell, maybe, because you don't go yeah. to the hollow. But yeah, there was, it wasn't voiced in the original, for definite. They added a lot of little things like that. It's actually kind of interesting. Like, a few scenes, they kind of just changed the camera angle to be a little bit more dynamic, but, like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of little change in the game. Yeah, you don't I think, really I think most of them were probably from the 360 to, P- to PS3 version, and we're just getting yeah, a, a, a better-looking version of that. But yeah. I, like, it's been long enough that I, I definitely don't remember don't notice all these small changes but there's it seems like there's a ton because i've uh, like when, when i was checking guides to find side quests later on they, there was uh forum chatter was full of no 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 it's this way now no 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 there's an extra scene now it's like oh man that they, they just added a ton for this thing this is a really good package mm-hmm. yeah loads of side quests loads of everything um so agatha forest you spend most of the time trying to save estelle from getting attacked so she doesn't have to use her powers anymore and then you get to Murzo. The elder of Mjorzo is great and an ideal that everyone should aspire to. He's so laid back and he's just like, I'm just going to go for a walk. Oh, I've got a sword in my drawer. Do you want it? Here you go. Here's my book, baby doll. Um, but yeah, then stuff starts to get really, really serious. Um, after staying in Mjorzo for a bit, Estelle and Raven go missing. Everyone thinks that Estelle and Raven have been kidnapped, but just Estelle's been kidnapped and... We've... Raven's dark middle chapter really kind of springs up out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it's more hinted at in the PS3 Definitive Edition, I think. I'm sure some of those cutscenes where you see Ray and Schwann more often are added in. Yeah, There's like one... they, but, they, yeah, they, they like... add at least two or three with him, and I don't I don't remember seeing... And, uh, and his hair is different, because he, he unties his hair to, so it falls over him, and it, uh, and it covers and his face. <laughs> and, and, his, and, his, and his posture is different. But, yeah, very uh, and it also seemed ridiculous to me that Schwan is a known person with his own brigade, but even when, like, Raven joins back permanently, Flynn says, oh yeah, no one knows what Schwan looks like, even in the army. I'm like, are you serious? I know, right? It's really bizarre, isn't it? Schwan is it, a It really is kind of cool, character. though, when you finally pick up on, like, the people who do have the orange outfits. Yeah... Yeah, and you kind of see where his men are stationed. It kind of it's kind of like a. It ha, turns ha, out ha. the yeah the ridiculous comedy soldiers <laughs> are the most effective and uh, dedicated of the entire of the entire army, other than Flynn nice. himself. It's so endearing, though. They're annoying, <laughs> but it's kind of endearing. The, the, um, Tweedle one and Tweedle two kind of remember remind me of a uh, Salt and Pepper from. So so it was impossible for me to take them seriously from you the very beginning. have to shake it out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love it. <laughs> but, okay, all right, my, my explanation done. Uh, yeah, I thought they were yeah. ridiculous, and then, then they ended up being pretty all right dudes. One of them even sells you things in the middle of a giant tank. <laughs> he does. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the sh- I remember the Schwann reveal being really surprising to me the first time around. And I yeah. think even though it comes out of the blue, I think it's a really neat idea. Of course, yeah, like you can't masquerade around as someone in the biggest guild. And also, like the second highest group like group of soldiers in the knights. So it's pretty crazy, but it does Maybe and it you works. Can. Do you know how, like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know how you can't recognize Zoe Deschanel without her bangs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or, or or how uh, Clark Kent and Superman look completely different, which is by oh, just by adding real. glasses and, and yeah. sticking your hair back. Yeah, you're but, right. Uh, it's not even it's true. I never I never uh, pinned it together either. Yeah, it was it was a surprise to me the first time I played it. Um, but yeah, um, since we're on to Schwann, we should probably go over this now massive gauntlet that you have to go through. There are like five dungeons back to back almost, with some brief interludes. I, don't I, felt, like... I felt some dungeon fatigue. I had to spread those out over a couple days. 
Yeah, me too. Um, the pacing is so bad. At this point it is, isn't it? Because like it's throwing so much information at you and so many dungeons and you're like, you could have given me at least one of these plot points earlier. At least Raven maybe. It's or almost something. like they really baked the first act and I don't know, they ran out of time and just kind of phoned in a few of the plot points. Yeah. There's a huge gun, yeah. there's a, a big super bad in the sky. There is magic. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they show off the huge gun in like one scene around the middle of the game, and suddenly the huge gun is threatening the whole real world. And no, it's not a huge gun. It's a giant Her Hercules beetle. Yeah, you see You've it very basically briefly. just been hearing it in context too. Like, uh, yeah, they're building the Heracles, huh? Oh yeah, okay. they use oh, there it. There it is. They use oh. it at the beginning of Act Two, don't they? When Pharaoh turns up at Dongress. Yep. That's the oh, best yeah. Time. Yeah, you you get that moment in Dongress, and then. And then you, uh, it becomes a dungeon near the end of Act Two. But other than those two instances, you barely hear about the Heracles at all. <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate Bactian. I have horrible memories of getting lost in Bactian. It is really boring, really bland. It's like forty rooms that look exactly the same. And if you're doing every side quest in the game, you have to go back there twice. So oh, it's great. Really? I hate it. It's so boring. And but it's really good to train in. They, so. they do give you a map for it. And I, uh, yeah. I I don't think I mentioned this in the previous episode. I realized I was playing a video game from 2008 and not 2018 because I'm used to having maps and mini-maps for everything. Yeah. And going back yeah. to this game from, again, from 2008. Oh, I only get a world map. I don't get a town map or quest icons or dungeon maps ever. But then you do get oh, one. Oh, God, from... this game could have used a side quest tracker. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah, massively. You do, you do get a, a, a mini map for The for the amount of backtracking for that. You are literally crossing continents just to I go know. talk to a guy on a bridge. I'm like, the, guild, the guild quest at the end, um, which is one of the ones where you have to go into Bactian again for, uh, is is like eight steps, and all of them involve globe trotting all over the place with Baul. Yeah, I did that, and it's a nightmare. I hate. And all you really get is that. a pretty good weapon for Rita that I didn't use the entire game except for the final boss because I was too busy leveling up skills and other weapons. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly where I was with it. Um, so yeah, Bactian is boring. There is an Entelechaea there that you see for like all of two seconds before it dies, and we seem to have skipped over the fact that Alexei is now the villain because that is exactly what the game does. It just is <laughs> like, here we go! Alexei could have been a really good villain, I think, but he has no time to like set himself in like he's all of a sudden like shown for two cutscenes before that i think yeah you exactly. see him so little i think it's easy to confuse alexei with duke like <laughs> you, you, you could the, you could what? probably think they were the same character if you missed yeah. if you missed like one duke cutscene and and, uh, and uh and aren't really good at telling you know <laughs> characters a part of it have the same hair color <laughs> two white haired dudes what? they must be evil twice like once at the beginning of the game when he lets out raven and it's like wow what's he doing here and then at allure where it's basically the same thing happens like wow he's so cool and then the next one's already evil it's, it's, I know, it's, right? yeah it's heliord not Helior, but right oh sorry yeah, yeah. it's in heliord yeah, when you uh captured after care yeah, um, but, yeah, but yeah it's um, um it comes out of nowhere that uh the conspiracy that is threatening the whole world comes from maybe the most powerful group in the world, the leader of the Imperial Knights. Yeah, it's a nice mirror to part one, though, because at least, like, part one had a guild leader as the villain, now you've got the knight leader as the villain, but yeah, he's showing, just so underbaked. Showing that, like, both systems are corrupt, and the, the, yeah. one, per the one sort of great person in, in either in either one, uh, Don Whitehorse, has, is the one that has to die, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, like, he's just so... 
underutilized and i think we'll touch on it a little bit more as we move on through the dungeons um so back to Ian, he's captured estelle he's using her powers and is basically using it against the party uh yuri also gets dane nomos which is the sword which duke has been carried around for the whole game but it's also like the um it's the symbol for succession for the royal family and it gives yuri the ability to do mystic arts which is always really cool and then you run off and you go to <laughs> uh what's it called heracles which is the big for tank fortress which is the eh, zaggy show dungeon number two in our act two gauntlet that i was gonna say yeah, we should talk villains i don't think we did that much last time no so let's want to so, talk about zaggy a little bit anyway because what the hell is zaggy and why is he so annoying it, okay, I, I, th I think i think I, I think i figured it out yeah i think, I think zaggy was probably hired by someone in the blood alliance or maybe the uh uh uh, shoot, or or maybe Leviathan's Claw to get rid yes. of, to get rid of Flynn because they thought they saw Flynn as a threat to the uh, to what they were planning um, with with the weapon smuggling and the Blastia smuggling. But, I'm pretty um, sure it was both. Yeah. Yeah, but then but then Zagi fought, fights Yuri instead of Flynn. And decides that Yuri is his battle soulmate or something, and and, <laughs> and ignores. And he is what, straight up insane, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Ignores what he was hired to do and just spends the rest of the game trying to kill Yuri because he is a crazy person. Yeah, he, like, poisons himself in the fight on the um, Heracles just to get, like, I don't know, just to give himself a disadvantage or give him more powers or something. He's absolutely insane, but he's so annoying. Like, I just, you fight him five times, I think, and it's just, I don't know, every time he gets easier as well, which is, like, the one yeah. bug there. <laughs> like, he's so easy in um, Takaron at the end of the game. I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, he's yeah, just... you got your full arsenal, it's just one enemy and it doesn't matter enough. Mm. Yeah. Um. But the, the um yeah. after you beat him in Tarkaron, uh, you get a pretty good skit where they psychoanalyze him a little bit, and they basically yeah. come to the conclusion that uh he he thought Yuri was his soulmate, and what he really needed was a rival or a friend, but uh, Yuri has Flynn for that, and Zagi didn't have anyone, so he <laughs> so he became obsessed with Yuri Lowell instead, <laughs> which is uh, yeah. y you know um. Like not bad. It made me uh, think of think a little bit better of Zagi reading that skit. But uh, yeah, but he's not. Uh, I mean, he, he, is he ever really challenging? Like he's, all he's, the he's villains, kind of a they're just not villain. fleshed out. Yeah, yeah. Bulbos only shows up in like two cutscenes. You have yeah. um, the only one who does show up more is Duke. But even then, it's only if you do a side quest where he turns up more. And we even don't then, get his deal ever. Like he's no. really complicated to nail down. Yeah, I, I don't no. know who what he's affiliated with. Like, was he a knight? Was he just he, a, just, just an ultimate warrior? All we know was that he uh, his best he's friend, like an extreme anti-villain Disney princess. Yeah, his, <laughs> pretty much. His best friend was an Entelekea. He was the hero of the Entelekea War ten years ago, but the knights covered that up. And then um, when his Entelekea friend was killed by the knights in an act of betrayal he decided to just go full villain and decide yeah. that, he, that uh, the humans didn't deserve to live on the world but, well, like, there were but where does he come from yeah nobody explains that um there were a group of entelikea that fought on the side of the humans and that was the side that he fought on so yeah that is about as much as i ever get out of him um but yeah, Duke is literally like, just Like, even the side wandering. quest is really bare bones. Like, yeah. you not really get into the meat of it. You just kind of have yeah. very dry conversations with him, then it kind of flushes him out. <laughs> a little bit. Just makes him more enigmatic and more, I don't know. Sure, yeah. He has a sexy voice, <laughs> and I'm okay with it. So, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I mean, I kind of like Duke, but I want to 
yeah i don't know i think replaying it recently has made me go like well do you know what you just kind of decide you're evil and you decide you're going to kill everybody just so you can save the world there's like two entelikea left at this point now like please but yeah um so dungeon number three on our list after trying to get so you go to heracles thinking alex is there he's not there and then you fly towards zaphius um and disengage you like disarm the Heracles and it blows a hole in Emmied Hill. Um, and then you find a cell at the top of Zaphia's castle, completely under Alexia's control, and she blasts you away with her magic and asks Yuri to kill him in a really dramatic scene where she's crying and everything. And then you go across this icy place called the Blade Drifts of Zofair. I think this place is probably not the best, it's okay, but like it's pretty easy to get through, apart from the stupid boss halfway through which threw me for a loop the first time i played this game because i cannot play as slow characters do not make me play as carol i thought i had to do the whole thing with carol <laughs> and i died they and was made like it why we brief <laughs> yeah very brief so you just have to run around a little bit and then yeah <laughs> i think it's a pretty cool arc for him like he's spent the yeah. whole game being really scared and really shy and he gets this moment where he can actually he like takes the don's words to heart and finally kind of grows up a little bit i guess and gets a really cool sword out of it but uh yeah bite joe they also gave bite joe some more in the definitive edition which I, I do like, like that um uh what was it like he he kind of goes to show you that not everybody has the same strengths he's a bit of a leader and a bit more pacifist and information heavy than you know out there going to fight ironically he, liked- he took on the biggest weapon he could but that's <laughs> kind of him trying to be bigger than his than his breaches yeah he has yeah, like a yeah, huge yeah. sword and then his first weapon is a broken sword because yuri <laughs> breaks it at the beginning and i'm just yeah he's, he's like a little kid that gets the biggest sword who grabs the biggest sword it's Persea. Uh, again. yeah um but, but with Persea, i mean Persea has superhuman strength with with carol it's more like he just wanted to be the biggest sword so he could feel bigger like a <laughs> you know like like a tiny dog barking a lot or something <laughs> but the uh and uh, but i mean he has a blastia on his bag so i guess he has does have the strength to wield it that way but that bag is like a tardis he sticks um, everything in there and pulls anything yeah, out but, of it. between that bag and patty's jacket they just have infinite amount of space it's <laughs> great um uh, but yeah carol's entire arc is really good and i think if i was gonna give anyone some credit carol probably gets a lot more development than most characters in this game like everyone goes through a different arc but carol kind of is the one that maybe physically and mentally grows up the most. I mean, he's the youngest anyway, but... He's too young to have that tragic backstory kind of thing, so he kind of grows up. When he's sitting outside the tavern after Don Whitehorse's death, I'm I'm like, oh, this this feels like a very human reaction. Like, he feels completely despondent and unsure of what to do, and he's a kid, so he's not emotionally mature enough to... To, you know to process it maybe it's a it, it was it was a very sweet moment and um mm-hmm. he has this crush on his uh, former guildmate nan that's i think very cute when they develop that a little bit mm. and, and she kind of she kind of feels it back though right a little bit a, a little, but it's towards still the end, towards the end when she sees how much he's grown up i think yes and yeah. uh, um and, and some characters have a special final boss when they do the 100 man melee in uh in the coliseum and uh and carol is a rematch against nan with them like with her like taunting him you know show me what you've got now like kind of kind of deal yeah it's it's, it, it's sweet and also the skill that she teaches him that's like a dive bomb where his sword or axe or hammer gets stuck in the ground afterwards yeah. it's, it's, actually, <laughs> yeah. it's actually one of his best base arts it's really good 
It is really, really good. Um, yeah, I really like Carol. I think he might be... He's not a popular character, but I think he gets a little bit too much flack from people because I think... I, 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 I actively dislike him for part of the first half of the game, and I, I once, yeah. he gets, once he's more usable with more skills and he gets some character development, I like him more in the second half. But he's... I, I mean, the people I love in this game are most of the cast besides Carol. <laughs> he's still near the bottom for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> No, that's fair for me as well. But I just, I, I think he's really sweet, and he just gets a really, really nice arc through the game. But um, I, yeah, the, so... the character who I think gets the clearest arc might be Rita. Yeah, she's, she gets. Yeah, she's a total sociopath at the beginning of the game who cares about nothing besides Blastia. But um, with but by but she learns empathy and friendship and. Uh, she becomes a bit, a bit of a one of those Sundere people. Like, no, I don't actually care about you guys, kind of characters. <laughs> uh, but, but she, she really takes a turn uh, that I think is very positive. And it's, and especially if you, um, uh, if you watch a lot of skits, she, um, her personality changes in a way that I think feels, uh, feels mostly earned. It's not, it's not too sudden or too. Uh, yeah. Earned. But it's, it, no, but it's, it's, it's good. good. I, I think she has a good arc. She doesn't stop hitting Carol, though, ever. Or Raven. Or Raven. It's <laughs> fine on the ladder. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Um, so, moving on from Zephyr, we're on dungeon number four, <laughs> Zalde. These three dungeons all begin with Zed, which is really unusual. Uh, Wait, no, no, Zafia, dungeon, 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 four, dungeon four is Zafia's, dungeon Sorry. five is Zalde. This yeah. is way too confusing. Uh, <laughs> the, only way, the only reason I, I know is because I'm looking at a list right now. I've got it written in front of me as well. I just read it wrong. I'm just Zophir, Zafias, Zaude. They're not they're not playing fair at all. No, so exactly. It's not your fault. Um Zafias is like I know a lot of people dropped off at this point, including Rob Fanner, who brought it up on the Favorite Tales of episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, this place is annoying if you don't know what to do and just get a walkthrough to do it because It was I can't super be annoying. I, I figured out the puzzle, but I couldn't find one of the frickin' uh shrines. Or, yeah, it, but uh, yeah. It was, just it, running it was home that moon imagery. I love the interior design, though. Yeah, so I love the castle design. It's gorgeous. The um, symmetrical middle part of the castle looks beautiful, but I I could do without the the hallways and the different floors. I got a little lost. Yeah. <laughs> the dungeons this, this was, in this game are not very good. No, <laughs> very I, good. I think the dungeons look good. They just they just don't navigate great. Yeah, I mean, we should probably explain. Zaphius at this point is um, under a barrier caused by Estelle and is completely over like overrun with monsters because of the air um, coming out of Estelle. Uh, so you go through the castle, up, you solve all the puzzles, and then you have to fight Estelle twice, once with a party and once solo with Yuri. And this fight is really hard. Oh my god, you could die so easily on it if you're not like... One? The Estelle one, I died. Yeah. Oh, no, I just uh, destruction fielded it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, if you don't, I, like, I, used, I used guard a lot. Um, I, I, I did very little free running and a lot of guarding for uh, for the the one on one fights like this. Yeah. And I love you know the obligatory anime fight where the you know I know you're in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Your mother's the, memento. The, the fight in this uh, in this block that really messed with me was the Zophir fight. Um, E yeah. even, even after you get your party members back, the, the damn thing is always either in the air or under the ice or and just messing with you. But, but that's a bit of a thing to secret mission as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought the um, I thought the, the yo, SL, those things are SL not designed equal. Oh my god, 
the, the, the worst the worst boss fight in this whole game is still the stupid wolf. That's like the yeah. third boss in the game. <laughs> we have a we have a secret mission coming up that Alana hates though. So let's oh, go. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, okay. But, okay. But that secret mission is more for the specificity and not about the difficulty of the boss fight. Yeah. Although, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go on about that. But, um, but anyway, yeah. um, after Zafias is uh, Zaude. Ooh, are you a whole party now? Nine yeah. people. <laughs> and Alana, Al 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 um, I mean, it's a, it's one classic dungeon gimmick to have uh, to fill, have it fill and drain with water. But you know, the best version of that is clearly the first dungeon in Skies of Arcadia. Am I right? <sighs> I hate that dungeon. <laughs> I do too. Oh my god, what a terrible Z way to start a great game. I... Zaude reminded me of the Skies of Arcadia dungeon. Neither of which are. Really oh wait. Funny. Are you talking about Mount Kazai, or are you talking about the Shrine Island where you the shrine, the shrine, the Shrine Island oh, okay. at the beginning of the game? I don't mind Shrine Island. That's a fine dungeon. I'm yeah. thinking about Mount um, Mount Kazai, which is like halfway through the game, which yeah, in, I in, hate. In the, in the, under the blue moon, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I like Shrine oh, Island. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I no, I hated the, the mining facility one. The mm. No, I hate oh. that one too. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I don't want to get angry. Okay, about uh, the, the this, we'll save this um, for a future episode. Dungeons we hate. Yeah, Ooh. um, Zaude. Zaude isn't a bad dungeon, actually. I don't mind it. As t like, there's a couple of finickety things that you I, do. I hated the place, putting the columns in exactly the right place to float up thing. It took, me yeah. too, it took me a little too long to figure that out. Fair enough. No, I don't mind it too much. It's not like the worst war dungeon ever, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's also not too long, um, but it does feel kind of final, and it does the whole baiting thing, like, oh no, this is the final dungeon. No, wait, no, it's not. Um, but yeah, um, a very the dungeons really don't overstay their welcome. Yeah, apart from none, none of them are too long. The problem right apart now is that there's five in a row. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, Tarkaron is too long. I will say the it's final a dungeon. It's a final dungeon, and it's a big long final dungeon. I I, I give that oh. one a pass j mm. just because of where it is in the game, but it's also the only dungeon like that. Yeah, true. You're right. Um, but yeah, partway through Zaude, you have to fight Jaeger, who suddenly turns up again. He does turn up at Heracles as well. He like shoots Zoggy out the window with his huge bayonet sword crossbow gun. I never thing. really understood Jaeger's deal in the end either that much. <sighs> no, there's a side quest that explains Jaeger. Actually, let's talk about Jaeger a little bit because um, isn't yeah, he's isn't it two side quests? Because it's the uh, it's getting the letter from the girls, but also you can find out more about his past with Raven in some other. Uh, they're interlinked, so right. yeah, um, yeah. It depends on think if you've done most of the other side quest, whether you get the letter. I don't really know the specifics, but yeah, um, yeah. Jaeger doesn't really get fully explained. I think he wants to be the. He wants more because he respects the Don. And he respects Alexei, but Alexei kind of has some power over him. And you find out in this boss fight, he also has a blastier for a heart, like Raven does. Um, but Jaeger... I, I think his story is similar so to Raven. Though. He was a he yeah. was a uh, he, he was, was in with, the Great War. Yeah, he was in the Great War. Um, he was revived with the Hermes Blastia by Alexei, but uh, he and Alexei decided to keep Schwan Raven, whatever his real name is, in the Knights and had, had used him like a spy. But have Jaeger join the guilds so he would have. Uh, more presence within the guilds. It was what yeah. I thought. And then Jaeger being head of Ruin's Gate and Leviathan's Claw meant he could get the blast, um, get the blastier, and then deal with weapons as the two different guilds and control it with the knights' help because the knights have control over most of the blastier. That's kind of how I thought of it. And Leviathan... the big irony is that the Merchants' Guild is surprisingly squeaky clean. I know, right? You'd think they'd be the most corrupt one, but nope, they're no, no, nice no. And... Kaufman is very devoted to capitalism, but also basically a good person. 
She is a good person. <laughs> My goodness. Um, but yeah, Zoggy's kind of just like a full day's work and not cheap, not penny pinch on you. <laughs> Zoggy is kind of boat. I love her. <laughs> I know she's so great. We need more Kaufman, definitely. She's really underutilized. Um, but yeah, the other the question the other is, who p- do you ship Kaufman with? Because I mean, the way this game goes, you could basically pick anybody. Everyone. Yeah, basically capitalism. Rita. <laughs> <laughs> I should help him with capitalism. Uh, um, yeah, uh, but then the other part of that side quest is, of course, Raven and a girl called Casey, who was called Canary in the Japanese to go with the whole bird imagery. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. is Jaeger's girlfriend and dies during the Great War, and she is an extremely skilled archer. And if you go back later on to where you kills, um, Ye- kill Jaeger, um, you fight the Gosh and Dolat, and you uh, take their swords, and they give you the Divine Cannon, which is, I think is Raven's best weapon. It's one it's of his best weapons. One of the best weapons, yeah. Like, like, like yeah. you get one with like ten more attack and ten less magic. <laughs> right. Okay. I like the magic more, so I'd go with that. Um, but yeah, this secret mission sucks, <laughs> as I've printed out. It took me seven goes this time. So the idea is, is in the second half of the fight. Uh, I keep getting. I keep wanting to say Zoggy. Jaeger unveils his blast here, and you have to stun him, and you have one second, no more, no less, to hit him with a specific art by Raven. Now, the first time I ever tried to do this, I had a bow on which turned Raven's rain art into an altered art. Oh. So I thought, yup. So I was like, <laughs> no, can't do it. And then, yeah, I eventually did it. And this time, I. It's a bit easier to do on the Definitive Edition because you have Flynn, and Flynn can use Beast, which stuns Jaeger really easily. Um, it still took seven seven resets, though, so it's just being really specific and hitting him in a really specific area. Um, but then you go through the rest of the dungeon, and you've got the big bad final boss with Alexei, which can be really annoying because he seems to go into overlimit all the time, um, but it's not too bad a fight, and I was really disappointed with the end of Act 2 because Alexei just dies. He gets really yeah. angry. He thinks that Zaudi is basically a no. weapon. Yeah, he thinks Zaudi is a weapon. Um, and then uses it and finds out that, oh my god, the Adaphagos is behind <laughs> all of the clouds. Oh my god. And then Zodi- Zodia out of nowhere. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I want to get the Zodia. Yeah, yeah, Zaudi wasn't a weapon that would give Alexei ultimate power. It was a barrier blastia keeping... Uh, the Adaphagos out of the entire world. <laughs> oh, and he didn't realize that. And then, you yeah, the uh, everything. the giant um, Blastia slash um, Apathea crushes him to death, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is so unsatisfying. I wanted the satisfaction. Yeah. How giant him. must that Entelechea have been to be that <sighs> uh, to be that uh, a Blastia or a um, sorry an Apathea that size? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know whether it's anything to do with the children of the full moon because they are part of the, their blood or their life is part of um Zaldi because it's the only thing that will keep the Adafagos out. Yeah, so um, several of uh um Estelle slash Yoder's ancestors gave their lives to make up to make Zaldi instead of having it be a like a uh, like a traditional barrier blastia. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know how big that um, Entelechea would be. It might have just been lots and combined. Who knows? Um, sure. But yeah, Sodia. <laughs> Sodia comes along and stabs Yuri, and that's the <laughs> end of Act 2. Sodia 
really gets on my nerves, and I thought she's I so obsessed with the but... idea. She's so obsessed with the idea that Yuri is a bad influence to, to Flynn. That yeah, she, she, she's like she the, ironically. She, yeah, she's like the worst stage mom in the world, or something. She's yeah. terrible. She's like I remember hating her playing this the first time, but like I thought maybe it was an age thing. Like, oh, I hate her. She's really pretentious. No, she's no, really she's... horrible. She's a dreadful... it's a good idea what her deal is, but it's not done well enough. Uh... But she's another character that gets away kind of scot-free. Like, Yuri doesn't want to tell anyone about it. And it's like, I would. Like, she stabbed me. Like, why would (laughs) you just let her get away with it? But yeah, Sodia's kind of, it's really extreme. Because yeah, she hates Yuri. But like, this sudden like hate that I would kill him comes kind of out of nowhere. She just turns up and is like, she cares more about the law than doing good. And she also yeah. has an incredibly uh, high opinion of Flynn and thinks that Yuri is, uh, you know, like, like Flynn is this great paragon of good and like the best knight ever. And Yuri is sort of dragging him away from, dragging him to the dark side a little bit too much for her liking. And mm-hmm. she, this... she becomes obsessed with her hatred of Yuri. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. I was just going to say at this point, Flynn is now commandant or acting commandant, which is pretty cool. So he is a pretty good knight. Um, and well, but, yeah. Flynn keeps getting prom- promoted, and he is doing good. But uh, we mentioned this in the first episode, but Yuri keeps declining credit and sort of allowing Flynn to take all the shine for it, even though Flynn would love nothing better than to have Yuri beside them and have them, you know, raise their hands and triumph together. But So question, do you yeah. think Flynn joining up at the end kind of defeats that arc in mm. a way. I don't think it defeats it. it. I, I think it's like, finally, we get to finally work together permanently. It, it, for me, it was satisfying. I think so, because he only joins right at the end. Like, I think, I didn't even think about this beforehand, but um, Solosi and I were discussing that um, Flynn actually joins you at the end of every act yeah. um, without oh, yeah. fail. For, for yeah. one or two dungeons in act, in act one and two, and then only for... Uh, um, only after the really dramatic defense in uh, in Tolbikia, uh, is it Tolbikia? No, Hyponia. Um, joined... No, he, he joins permanently. He joins like temporarily in early in Act Three, and then permanently after the big grand uh, f- um, fight against yeah. all the monsters on the field. Yeah, actually, one thing I forgot to say about Bactian is that um, in your original playthrough in the Xbox 360 version, you lose both of your healers and you only have Carol. In this version, you have Flynn as well, and thank right. God you have another healer. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, it kind of does and doesn't. Like, I think their like, last stand together is a really good idea, but I totally see where you're coming from, Steph, because you know Yuri doesn't want all of the credit and Flynn's just, you know, it's just kind of crossing I, I, I'm very bit. biased though, because like Yuri, Flynn and Rapide are my three favorite characters in this game. And, uh, <laughs> and, and getting the three of them like running together, defeating all those monsters was like my favorite Aww. scene in uh in the, in the original 360 version. So, so, cute. so getting Flynn back permanently after that, who, and again, he's one of my favorite characters was sort of exactly what I wanted. I'm coming from a position of bias here. Like, like, like <laughs> Steph cares about the storyline more and I care, or the storytelling more. And I care more about having my beautiful blonde boy back. <laughs> I do love Flynn. I don't know how to gauge that. <laughs> like, okay. You're right. <laughs> we'll accept it. Right. Let's dive into act three. Yuri's not dead. Um, Duke saved him though. Um, Duke saves him and takes his sword back, and then the party reunites, and we come they up with such weird relationships. I'm like, sorry, on. I know. I I really really hate it. I want Duke to be better than he is, and it really bugs me. I feel like 
I feel like they're trying to do the mythos Yggdrasil kind of thing where he's like a savior and wants to save the world in his own way. But then he just runs off and is like, I'm going to kill everybody. And I'm just like, wait, wait, at what point are you that extreme? I don't so, like. Understand. I feel like Tales of the Abyss like gets its credit because it does flesh out every friggin' aspect mm-hmm. of the story. But this one is just kind of, it drops it and cleans it up way too I, neat. I, I, at this I, point I as I'm well. Giving, I'm giving Duke a little more credit. My view of him is that uh, he is incredibly fed up with humans because of the, because yeah. they uh, they killed Lucifer, his best friend, who was uh, yeah. an Entelechea fighting alongside humans, fighting for you know human uh, Entelechea cooperation. But and so he just sort of gave up dealing with humans after the death of Lucifer. But I think maybe in honor of Lucifer's memory, didn't fight back. Like, like, like yeah. didn't go on a human killing massacre because that's not what Lucifer would have wanted. And I think that because of Lucifer's memory and because he basically supports what Yuri's group was doing, he helps them out in Act 2 a couple times, including lending him Dave, Dane Nomos and saving Yuri's life. Uh, at, uh, yeah. for, uh, but at the end, when uh, when the thing on uh, on Zaudis gets smashed and the Atafagos is released, he just decides, you know what? Screw it. Humans do not deserve this planet. Uh, yeah, it's most let, let, saloon. Yeah, exactly. So, so there yeah. was a... Uh, he sort of snaps at the end. But up and up and everything up until the end was him struggling to uh, uh, to accept humans after they had killed his best friend. So, yeah, I do agree with you. I think, but um, they, don't, they, do... don't, they don't give it enough development, though. He, it no, feels way too problem. sudden. And it, yeah, he, undercook. yeah, he need, yeah, yeah, he needed more screen time and maybe a little bit more uh, dialogue. Um, before that happens, and they and have I, a chance. They give him a really long side quest. And I'm, mm-hmm. I also don't understand exactly how him and the group went back in time to Yormgen. Yeah, it's really weird. Like it's especially the way it ties up because there's a side quest as well. Um, but um, Yormgen is like an illusion created by Pharaoh a thousand years ago. Um, but if you take the box, so you take the box from the Atherum to the past, it shows up in the actual real future. So it doesn't make sense because if it's meant to be an illusion, then why they never really fully explain it. So it's an illusion of the past, but actually you are genuinely traveling back in time. That's so how I read it. Yeah. I think that's why I don't really like portals. the Jormgen chapter because I just don't get it. Yeah, it's just there for like, a, oh, let's conveniently tie things up and teach people how Blastia became a thing. Yeah, it does feel hey. really out of place. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Act Three is where things kind of <laughs> tie up too conveniently at times and. I don't have as many issues with Act 3 as much as I thought I did, but there is so much of it that feels out of place compared to the rest of the game, even though you are getting hints dropped um, throughout the second half. So you've got the Hermes Blast here. You've got things like, I don't know, um, the air, um, like Estelle using too much air. We can reverse engineer Estelle's powers to make to turn uh, Apathea into spirits, and it does the Tales mm. of Legendia thing where there's a weird made-up magic system that's just sort of... <laughs> do that i don't know you just kind of jimmy it up a bit yeah <laughs> but, but, then, but then by the end you meet a bunch of spirits and now it feels like tales of fantasia or symphonia or eternia again yeah i love the designs of them as well yeah, they all, have, the four main so spirits cool. look so good in this game i love how they look yeah i'm always really sad that they only ever do the four main ones and they don't have like aska luna um shadow shade or shadow or whatever they decide to call it um uh, Vault and Celsius every time, but it's just the main four. And yeah, they were the gnome in particular is so adorable. He's like a little dog with a big tail, and he just like whines occasionally. I, I, would, I would love to see how Celsius or Maxwell looks in this game, but we'll oh. get those four. 
But yeah, they have really cool designs, and I think they're so underused. Like, why would you stick one of the staple, not staples, but like one of the big things in the series to like a th maybe like five hours, ten hours if you're gonna do lots more stuff? It's so annoying. They do, however, tie it into a still second Mystic Art, which I'm quite happy with. That will do. Yeah. Nicely. That, that is cool. I, I didn't uh, the, see it in the game. Very but I, I saw it on YouTube. Second mixed cards. Yeah, <laughs> they're so ridiculous. The requirements. I mean, as per tradition, uh, you oh, have I to. That, yeah. yeah, Estelle's is one of the easier ones to do. You have to do like all of her burst arts twenty times, um, which is fairly easy to do, but it's a pain. And then you have to hold down two buttons. But Rita's got an easyish one to do if you do her Colosseum fight, and um, you have to cast. You know what? Well, you have to learn Thunderblade, which is an altered art cast Thunderblade 200 times which is annoying because you only have to use it 50 times to learn it and then you have to use Thunderblade on Douse in the Colosseum yeah who's like fight oh number God. 175 or something in, in, <laughs> in the 200 man melee and then she oh learns God. Indignation which kills Douse instantly which is a cool reference um, it is uh, but yeah, I do love the spirits. I just wish that they were utilized a little bit better. Um, some of the dungeons as well are a bit tacked on at this point. Like you have to go to the Erylumen Crystallins, which I have so much trouble saying. Um, yeah, the Crystallins and, and then Realize, then Realize Hollow. Realize Hollow, yeah. Um, but, I hated uh, the Crystallins because the treasure chests look exactly like the walls, mm -hmm. and <laughs> everything is just too much pastel blue and purple. It it all blended together for me. I I, I had difficulty seeing some a few basic things in the, in the Crystallins. It's pretty, and I like how the uh, um, you're deferring uh, to two girls here in a Crystal Dungeon. Sorry. Uh, well, okay. Also in the Crystal Dungeon, the music changes. Um, they they change to a higher pitch for the mm -hmm. uh, uh, for the main music theme for the main battle theme oh, because yeah. the. Mm -hmm. uh, because oh, yeah, because I think they wanted to like reflect around the uh, around the crystalline walls or something. I, and I was the first like, time that happened, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, why? Yeah, <laughs> um, dumb girl. They, they, cha like, they changed the key of the battle theme for the yeah. uh, part for part three, but then they changed it even more and make it higher pitched for the crystallines. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the crystallines and Reloise Hollow feel a little bit there. Like the Reloise Hollow is the one I hate because it's just going down a huge mountain and it's just so boring and beige and, uh, yeah. and really long. But um, I'm so sad that those two other continents really don't get much love. No, I know. Um, pretty empty, and the world map is actually yeah. I completely I didn't even realize Wakea was a continent um, with anything <laughs> yes. with anything other than resource points for me to collect. No, uh, it's got a giganto, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it does. Um, I didn't even find it. But oh I, I, no. I only got about half the gigantos. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like the crystallins are pretty. Um, Gusios, which turned up at Kerbokram, I think we referred to that in the last episode. Um, yeah, I thought he he looks now... more like a dinosaur, but I, I think I compared him to a rhino in the previous episode. J he's just... kind of like a big dinosaur, yeah. Yeah, because he's got um, he has those like those like elephant like leg like, those elephant like legs. Yeah. Um. But he's. But yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for Gusios because he almost never gets a chance. Yeah, I know. And then the other. So, just cover. Bellius becomes Undine. Um. Pharaoh becomes a freak, and then Gusios becomes gnome. Then we go to Reloise Hollow. Uh. For an Entelechia that doesn't even live there. Uh. Alexei's advisor is an Entelechia, and suddenly Entelechia can turn what? into people. I know, right? It was so left field. I was just like, oh. 
kind of so, so this it's whole like, like... I, I, it's like I didn't know Antilochea could do this. I didn't know Antilochea could do that. She is in love with him, which is yeah. a thing. In love with Duke, yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah, that's really I weird. That. I did that yeah, side quest because and, and, was, and Duke mm-hmm. was best friends with her father, Elucifer, and she's in love sure. with Duke. It's like like this is this is a weird dynamic. Okay, that's a DLC yeah. episode of details right there. I, mean. I, right. I, I wouldn't mind a sequel game to this or a prequel about the Antilochea War because there, there, I... there's there's material on both ends of there. I haven't done too much digging into the side stuff because I think I said in the a uh, couple of weeks ago in the favorite tales of episode Abyss was kind of the last game that you could take self-contained. Vesperia starts to drop things outside of the plot, and I think maybe Duke stuff might be. Raven's got some stuff outside of it, like the whole Casey, mm. uh, Jaeger, and then his real name is Dameron. Um, Raven's real name is Dameron. Um, so you find out all about that in a book. <laughs> And then I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I I got a little bit of the Casey Casey stuff and the Jaeger stuff because I did the side quest where you fight yeah. Gosh and Dwat. but the uh, yeah, m- most of it is uh, there's so much hidden inside content in this game. We re- we uh, mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, but Act Three once um, Flynn rejoins your party, the whole game just becomes becomes a playground of side quests. <laughs> like, and to be fair, like I mean, I'm harsh on it because I want more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. You know? so, like, I, I love some of the don't like quests. the story as much as I used to, but, but I, I, think so, I think some of these some of these side quests are just impossible without a guide. Like, how yeah. on earth do you do you know to use Thunderblade 200 times to unlock Indignation unless you unless someone tells you or you find out somehow? They are like NES SNES levels of insane like re- specific requirements. The cooking sometimes. system where you have to have one character master every re- recipe to go into the, to go into that empty cooking battle arena in in uh, in Dongress has been there since the beginning. That like never done it. Oh my god, who on earth would no. ever do that? I like, would uh, never uh, done uh, it. Okay, now we're gonna get Twitter responses by people that have done that. But oh yeah. Same with the monster book stuff. Like you have to actually individually spectacle everything. There's a few skills I think they added to help that, but it's still pretty demanding. Yeah, um, you have to, you can't do it on one playthrough either. I don't think. I think you have to do it on a repeat because I think <sighs> one of the side dungeons is only accessible on the second playthrough, or there are certain enemies that you can only pick up on the second playthrough. So yeah, it's a bit f- uh, fiddly, definitely. Um. <sighs> Yeah, I do really like some of them though. Like um, one of the specific ones you were referring to is a uh, infamous Brianak, which is um, Judy's yeah. best weapon. The, the oh Brianak my quest God. and the BC Rod quest. I was locked out of extremely early because I didn't I didn't realize how much backtracking and how specific the I windows missed the were. Elucifer Grave one, which again is another one that like you go back <laughs> right to the place you came in to activate it. Yeah, there's so many specific windows like. Brianak in particular, if you literally do one side quest out of order, you've yeah. screwed out for the whole thing. And like, there was a specific guide I was using, and it said some before... of them walk out right away. Yeah, and, like... and, uh, for for listeners that don't know, Brianak is one of Judy's be- Judith's best weapons, and the Blue Crystal Rod is one of Estelle's best weapons. And it's yeah. ex- it's extremely easy to miss either of them. It's ridiculous. Um... <sighs> Yeah, I used a walkthrough. I'm not. Yeah. So, I'm not ashamed to say that. Dark Enforcer is quite easy to miss as well, which is one of Yuri's costumes. Um, if you again, if you miss a step, then you're screwed for the rest of the game. What one quest that I did do that's extremely easy, but also just weirdly specific. If you go um through all of Tarkaron up to the very final uh um staircase, but don't but don't go and meet Duke, and instead go back and backtrack out, and then go back to the lower quarter. Then uh, Hanks will talk to Flynn and Yuri and talk about how nice they are, and then give him uh, yeah. Yuri's best sword in the whole game. The, 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 the claim Solace. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, but there's no way of knowing that uh, 
or, or, or unless you wait till the post game. Uh, unless, except I found a guide for like stuff to do in Tarkaron. Oh, here's Yuri's best weapon. It's, it's like, <laughs> like what on earth? Like uh, <laughs> there's no way to do this naturally, and and no breadcrumbs or signposting to it, or at least at least that I saw. Yeah, even the dog map, which is something I've gone on about a few times, is really hard to do without a walkthrough. Mm -hmm. I did exactly seen... what you did, actually. I just got a whole bunch of altered arts by doing the dog map thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a good the best way to do. I, I, think, I think to... I permanently unlocked maybe three altered arts the entire game. And I got them all, <laughs> apart from all the bonus ones. Um, There's so through many. The oh my god! There are, there are so many. There are. I think every character has eight at least, and then you've got Yuri has ten or eleven. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I really like the altered arts. I think I didn't. Cause... It's a good. It's a good system. I just. I just wish that there was Too again many... more signposting and maybe things were a little easier to synth because I don't know. There's yeah. just so much synthing and so and so many skills. And, and you have without, to remember without... to buy like three of each weapon for some people as well. Mm -hmm. Like Carol, Raven, Rapide, Patty. You have to pick up some of the usefulness of skills is really dubious yeah, too. God, mm -hmm. I don't know who the worst culprit is, but the, but they're, um, the synth system's not bad. I, I I like the skill and synth system in general. It's just there's so many skills and so much synthing you have to do if you want to get most of one person's skills. It's, yeah. It, it, it's never ending the whole game, and like, uh, I, 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 I wish that some material gathering and, and something was a little easier. Yeah, Raven, Raven in particular, like you don't realize how many skills a character has until you get a title for Raven when he has 102 skills, and that's not even all the skills he can learn. And I'm just <laughs> thinking that is so many. A hundred skills on a character is ridiculous. There's no way you can attach even like a quarter of them to half of them. Like mm -hmm. skill, some of the best ones take up like 20 points, like combo plus, and I don't know the one that was. Uh, yeah, I hate things. that. It's you ridiculous. Have to really pick. Yeah, the yeah. ones that the ones that give you over limit bonuses and the one and extra combo mm -hmm. hits and uh, uh, like and like permanent bonuses to HP or TP are all in the twelve to twenty point range. It's it's yeah. pretty annoying. At least XP plus is just one. <laughs> uh, the only other side quest I think we've referred to it. Uh, I love killing big monsters, so the Gigantic yeah. Quest is something I always do, and I really like it. I wouldn't um, mind doing the more of the Gigantos, because they, they, they were cool. The, the annoying thing is, to get to some of them, you have to upgrade the Sorcerer Ring, which was a quest, a side quest I did not do. Yeah, and that's to get the Fell Arms as well, so it kind of fell nicely for me, but okay. yeah. Mm. I did it for the review and for this, because it's really nice to kill them when you're underleveled and get so much experience and level up really quick. Um, but yeah, they're just really fun to fight and... I don't know. They're just a really cool side quest that I think RPGs always do big monsters really fun, and I like that. Mm. Um, but, yeah. Um, I, know a thing or, I know a thing or two about hunting big monsters, and it, yeah. it is fun. See, I feel like I should like Monster Hunter, because <laughs> I like killing big monsters, but no, I don't, and I don't understand it. It, it, it plays a lot different from yeah. the, from a Tales game, is, I think is uh, fair to say true you're right um the only other side quest maybe that i did do um and i think it's a really interesting twist in well the main one um is a really interesting twist for this game the fell arms are a recurring side quest in the series and we talked about them uh they're really different in uh vesperia um a little bit annoying in the definitive edition and the ps3 because patty and flynn's are locked behind an additional dungeon but if you get all seven fell arms in the xbox 360 version you don't unlock a secret boss you unlock a third phase to the final boss which is really cool and quite hard to do and i really like that twist i think it's really different and i think it's it's not duke it's like another enter in this version possibly but 
I really like that. And yeah, it's, it's some here. kind of super intellikea that is uh, attached to Tarkaran or something. I, I don't I don't know the whole thing. I I, ch I checked part of a video on YouTube. I didn't come close to unlocking it myself. Yeah, he's like a god of the intellikea, I think. But yeah, they lock it out of this version because you have to do the uh the second um additional dungeon for Patty and Flynn's um the Felons, uh, which is the Necropolis of Nostalgia. Um, but I've never even done, I've never done either of them. I've never done the Labyrinth of Memories or the Necropolis. Um, so I don't really know what they're like, or I don't really know how much harder it is in this version. Uh, but I know the Necropolis is uh, 13 floors long and has two bosses on every floor, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's quite hard. Um, mm, typical yikes. tales. Yeah. Um, the Labyrinth of Memories has a cool end boss, though. Um, it has a cameo boss, which appears in the Colosseum, and it's Kratos from Tales of Symphonia. So... That's pretty neat. Yeah, the Colosseum four cameo battles are Daus from Fantasia, Shizel from Eternia, Kratos from Symphonia, and uh, uh, um, Barbados yeah, from Bar Bar Destiny Bar Two. Yeah, Barbados from Destiny Two, and that is a pretty good four choices, I think. Th th those are yeah. cool, cool major villains from four older games. I like that. They yeah. tend to go for heroes. This is the first one where they've really gone for villains. Yeah, I think it might be. yeah, and I, th I think it's a cool choice. It's like you have, like, all right, yeah, um. Douse and Chazelle and Kratos, absolutely. Mm, I like and, that. And, and Douse was a Chazelle was a cameo again. boss in Eternia as well. Yeah, but uh, but I think I think but I don't think Chazelle has ever shown up in other than uh, Vesperia and Eternia, right? I don't think so. I've never actually seen her three D model, so I'm going to go and have a look at it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's a really good one, um, especially Eternia's edition, because that game doesn't get a lot of love inside stuff or anything. I'm so um, sad about that. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but yeah, there's it's so many side mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It made our top four. It did. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so many side quests. Um, I realize we've briefly skipped over, we're coming to the end anyway, um, but we briefly skipped over Orneon, which we also said at the beginning was a marvel of construction, but it really is, and it kind of becomes the last stronghold. So I wish they could... had introduced Orneon earlier because I love city mm -hmm. building side and city upgrading side yeah. quests. Right! Like, there's like, like a whole one right there for you like yeah, and it's, it's, it's just two steps it's it's the best parts or among the best parts of good rpgs like nino kuni 2 and suikoden 2 and uh breath of fire 2 a lot of a lot of Stars twos of city building <laughs> um but so so but they completely backload it to the last couple hours of vesperia like like make it the whole second half of the game and i will be in from day one um but yeah this is where the Famous tales. We've had loads of one-on-one -on -one fights in this game, more than normal. Um, but we've got one famous one where Yuri and Flynn finally take up sword. You know, everything I feel is in this sword. They take swords up against each other. And, and in the Colosseum, <laughs> uh, Yuri is Flynn's final boss, and Flynn is Yuri's final boss. Yes, that, I that, love that. I do really like the way they touch. bond, though. Like really they do touch. seem like BFFs. The banter in that fight is so funny. They're just like, "I'm going to kick your ass." No, I'm going to kick your ass, and it's like it's just so good. And that fight is really fun. And I, it, it's not the best duel in the series. I think that's still probably Luke and Ash in Abyss. Um, yeah. <laughs> but for the weight, but this one's more like a friendly, like, "Oh, you can't beat me in an argument, but you can beat me in a fight." And then you beat him, and it's like, "Oh, okay. Um, no, you can't." Yes, I, I can. <laughs> Um, but I think it's pretty symbolic, and that's the point where he joins you in the permanently in the definitive edition. Um, and then you run off to talk on if you're not doing loads of side quests, or you can go and play poker for 20 hours like I yep. did. Yep. Or you can go yep. and and, uh, and fight like 15 Colosseum battles like I did. 
Oh, there's one side quest I do want to talk about before we talk about the very end of the game, although we've referred to it. Um, in the PS3 version, they add the Sword Dancer. Um, it's linked yeah. to. Two? Yes, it's linked to uh, First Strike, the film. So the twins oh. turn up and they're looking for a magical sword and you have to go and fight the Sword Dancer three times. Now, it's not great, I will say. Um, the first two phases are stupid easy. You can stun the Sword Dancer in a corner and not get hit and do 200 plus hit combos extremely easily. Oh, so, so he's easy to stun like, sort of? Yeah, yeah. very. And it, even the third phase is, but he just does a lot more damage. Um, does he give you but, a good reward at least? Uh, the sword. You get Flynn's best weapon for it. Oh, um, really? Damn. Okay, yeah. now, I, now I definitely wish I had done it. It's a little bit boring because you go to four different air crenades and you go, so you have to get the upgraded um, sorcerer's ring and do some of the fell arms. Uh, and then you have to go through the same dungeon four times, which is a small volcano, and it's really boring. But I do like big bosses, and even though it is easy, there's nothing nicer than doing 250,000 damage with a 250 hit combo. If I revisit this game, I love collecting swords in games. If, if I know there's we cool weapons to collect, and especially if I can see the weapon on the character in battle, I will mm -hmm. always try to collect weapons. And this sounds like a side quest I am a little bit upset I missed, but I, I think it, I, was, I was mostly using a side quest guide for the 360 version. It's probably why I missed out on it. Yeah. Um it's cool sword. It's I can't pronounce it, but it's like uh it's got a goddess embellished on it. It's pretty beefy. It's got light around it. It's very Flynn. Like you can see Flynn using it. It's very much the holy sword. So. Now, now I, definitely yeah, I love Flynn's find... gladiator armor. Now I definitely <laughs> want to find it to try and pronounce it. Uh Quagarion or something like that. Someone will yeah. tell me off for pronouncing it wrong. Um yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> um but uh, earlier, Tarkaron, Aspion became Tarkaron pretty much, and that's the final dungeon, which is really long, uh, kind of boring, pretty easy to get through if you know where you're going. Um, At that and point, you you're get... just dishing huge combos, and yeah. even side questing, you got so much good stuff, you're just kind of, all right, where's Duke? You yeah, gotta... you basically got it. I, yeah, I think it's the, the Prayer Sword Ragcarion. Oh, nice. Oh, I just got the, the Q and the R the wrong way around. Yeah, but oh. it, it looks like, uh, I don't know if they're trying to say Ragnarok or, or what, but it's a it's a it's a very it's a very fancy looking Flynn as hell sword. Yeah. At least, at least it's not kangaroo the kangaroo sword. Not quite. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so we get to the end of Tarkaron and we dish Duke his kind of Jews and we Medicine. save the world. Oh, Yay! In the most kind of lame ending. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, this Aww. is probably my least favorite ending in the series. It was really mm. disappointing ten years ago, and it still is because yeah, all right, ends. the world saved. The world, this world saved. All the blast year is gone. But what happens? How is Raven still living? What is this happening? Why is Yuri not in prison? Why is Sodia not in prison? Why? Where is Duke? What is yeah, going no on? One, no one knows all? that Sodia stabbed Yuri. It's a secret between the two of them. It's going to haunt her forever, which was extremely petty of Yuri, which I kind of love. Yeah. Flynn, yeah, and Flynn, like, lets Yuri... Well, I mean, he's his friend, but he lets him get away with that, and Yuri just goes around traveling the world. What happens to everybody? Like, it's just like, it's oh, like everyone's the happy. The epilogue would have been so good. There's mm. no there's no Blastia anymore. There's spirits now. We don't know anything about how this changes the world. Uh, it's... The end credit sequence was quite pretty. I liked all the hand-drawn art in it, but they mm. re they really gave us nothing to work with for that ending. Yeah, uh, it's really disappointing. Even the illustrations are kind of vague-looking. Yeah, you can't really tell. I think they're they're, they're they're pretty, but they're yeah, cute. they're they're definitely vague. Vague. Mm. 
It is disappointing because of, I think right up until like act three, maybe just after getting the spirits, I was actually having a lot of fun. And then I just remember how flat everything feels at the end. And I don't feel like I've got any closure. Like I feel like, I don't know if my ideal scenario would have been that Alexei didn't die at the end of act two. He went off and maybe, I don't know, did something with the Adafakos or tried to stop it himself. Or I don't know. I just wanted something different and maybe some closure. Like I would have even liked to have seen Yuri get some punishment. Like, Yuri is such a good character. He doesn't necessarily deserve to be punished, but I don't know. He's just really, really... He's a Nothing cool happens. They just kind of talk about it and they kind of hand wave it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, we're friends now. Uh, all the Intilakea except Bull are dead. You really did great. that? Well, I know you're a good person. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know what happens to anybody and it's really disappointing. Uh... I just wanted something different. But I still... I still really love Vesperia and oh like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just that it kind of falls a bit flat at the end, and it's yeah, yeah. Because we don't see any consequences, it sort of undermines the game. What the game has to say about justice, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, but, but the the journey is uh, really incredible. Even if the destination is a little disappointing, I, I think it's maybe it. It's definitely one of my top three favorite Tales games, and might be number one depending on what day you ask me. I like I <laughs> really had so much fun revisiting this, and mm. I, I'm just talking about the huge number of side quests now is making me thinking of replaying it now, which is insane because it took me like five <laughs> weeks to beat this thing. <laughs> well, I mean, you could do me. You could do the reverse. You could do the reverse of me and maybe beat it in six days after being <laughs> in five weeks. So I didn't plug this very well, but I reviewed the game for RPG Fan and I mm -hmm. beat it in 46 hours in five and a half days. Wow, and that's pretty that's good. Really then, good. Oh, it was scary. I did nothing for five days, basically. <laughs> I shut myself away and was like, no, nope, I've got work to do. Um, then I went the back. You're like, I'm going to go for a walk now. <laughs> I went for a very long walk, definitely. Um, but um, then I was worried about jumping back in because I decided to give myself the challenge of doing all the secret missions, all the side quests. I didn't do all the side quests because I actually stopped uh, just before Tarkaron. So I did everything up until that point and I did all of the secret missions up until that point. I did do the other two secret missions on my review playthrough and I didn't burn out, maybe towards the end a little bit, but like I genuinely had fun digging back into it twice and... I don't know, I just, this is like the last really excellent Tales game to me, even though I love Berseria, I totally I'd say the get... last, like, the most will agree on, because hmm. I feel like it's kind of dicey with its audience after that. Yeah, like, Berseria so... I love, and I, but I recognize the issues people have with it, and I think that it's definitely too heavy-handed in some areas, and it's really bland in others, but, like, oh, Berseria and... Mm -hmm, actually, much, but... I did want to say that I actually uh, Vesperia made me realize that I really, really miss uh, fixed perspective. Yeah, so I think that's one of the oh, problems yeah. with Rosaria is that because it's just open field, they didn't have a good sense of level design, and it's just kind of fields. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in Berseria, the spaces between towns I think do feel so large boring. and interesting, but the but the dungeons themselves really just feel Always. terrible in in, in Berseria. The, the fixed perspective allows um, them to take it allows a more... them to design the space and kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. at least and it's kind of set agreed. in one angle so you can kind of take in the environment as, yeah. in the way they want it to be seen. And instead, Berseria is just like flat lands, water, yeah. boat. But people would complain if there was a new big RPG made with fixed perspective and no... Uh, no dungeon maps and some of the things that Versperia make it a game of its time, but uh, but 
Mm, like I, I don't know. Like I, I, there could have been more modernizations that they did for the definitive edition, but like as is, I think it's a really, really excellent 2008 RPG and a really great Tales game. I, I don't, I don't know if they, if they, uh, if it could have been improved much more, but it, it does make me miss a certain era of dungeon design and, uh, and, and oh, and for sure. Vesperia mm-hmm. is really, really good and easily in my top two <laughs> tales of games like well top it five but top two. it is in my top two like, um, is, yeah I, I definitely know what my top three tales games are and this is one of them i just i just don't want to rank those three. <laughs> oh, abyss is when i was forced to rank them a few weeks ago for another podcast i think i i did put vesperia number one but i was in the middle of playing it at the time and really enjoying um, it <laughs> but it is really good like it, it is, is that it is the essence, kind of the end of that kind of RPG era, and also like it's the essence of a Tales game. It's got tropey anime characters, but a really excellent runaway with tropes, but also subverting them, doing so well with them, making the story interesting at times. Like it's not the best story ever. Tales games never have really good stories, but these characters at least make you invested in some of the plot points and some of the action. And I just really love the world and there's everything. so much dialogue and they give you so m- and the dialogue creates so many opportunities for these really likable characters to interact yeah yeah, yeah i'm gonna absolutely. be really mean i'm gonna be really mean and ask if people have a favorite because it's so hard character if- yeah Oof. well I'll, I'll, I'll go first i love yuri and flynn's friendship and rivalry and the and the and I love the way they understand each other despite mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, and, and and their their motivations and the the imagery that the game does, like one is shining white and one is yeah. sort of dark a dark vigilante. But they but they're all they always have each other's back and always support each other. They're they're like the part where uh, he breaks Flynn out of prison. I yeah. thought was really was oh, really I love that. cute and quaint. Yeah, because so, so, they kind of had an understanding. This was what how it was gonna go down. Yeah, and, they're my uh, two favorite characters. But if I'm forced to pick one, it's gonna be Yuri because I, I think yeah. he's he's just he's just a really good protagonist that. Uh, I loved Yuri confronting Flynn too. Like he goes right up to his face and says, "Look what you just did." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think and just I guilted them. the heck out of him. Mm-hmm. And 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 when they're running to um, defend the fledgling uh, settlement that becomes Orneon later, with like them riding, running side by side and and Rapid running just ahead of them, so it's like I wanted the whole game to be that. <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah. Have we all agreed on Yuri pretty much? Oh, have we? Yeah, he's the best. Um, yeah. Estelle is oddly charming despite really like uh, being super girly in a way. I don't know how to say that, but like she's so lovely and soft and nice. She works, and she's very naive and cute, and I like her kind of geeking out about books. She works so opposite to Yuri, but it works so well. Like Flynn yeah. is the opposite side of the coin to Yuri, but like Estelle is an entirely different coin, I guess, in that she is exactly what yuri isn't in every single way like at least yuri she probably gets along with flynn better but she kind of gets challenged by yuri (laughs) yeah she's forced to grow up by yuri a lot and i think she opens her eyes a lot i love estelle as well i think she might be my favorite heroine in the series just i adore her she's so cute and so i don't know she's just nice she's got a bunch of great adjectives that describe her (laughs) (laughs) she's just really great and i think she grows up a lot and i like that but i do I don't know, this cast is just so good. I just, I always struggle. Rita's really fun. I'm, she's a fun exposition character, and I love her kind of very attack-first method. I think that's kind <laughs> of great. Uh, Carol, I think, is just adorable. He's, you know, he's really trying to be big and grow up, and he's just not quite there, and it's really I, played uh, up for comedy. I really uh, like Raven, Rita. Raven, I think I actually like the least. Rita Raven. Might, uh, <laughs> Rita might be my favorite outside of Yuri and Flynn. It's either her or Jade to be my favorite spellcaster in the whole series. 
Oh, Jay she's just interesting. Like, she starts hard as nails, but I love how she, like, really softens her edges. Not enough. They're just kind of, you know, more edgy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but she's more dynamic. Yeah. She definitely <laughs> comes into her own and softens up a hell of a lot. She's going to go to the castle and visit Estelle. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this game has a really great cast, and I think that's kind of the massive takeaway from Vesperia. Um, Do we like Patty and Flynn then? I feel like they're the ones that uh, deserve oh, the I commentary. Oh, I, I love Flynn. Um, I, yeah. I, I think Patty's a, a fun addition. She's less necessary than Flynn, of course, but... I, you can I, really see that in the dialogue, where they literally just give her a line to kind of yeah. remind you that she's there. She, she, she's very extra, like well, you can tell... Well, that can't happen, and that's it. Back to the normal dialogue. <laughs> I, I don't dislike Patty, but um, she's doesn't she's not crucial. So I'm I'm not if someone dislikes her because of uh, how if she because she fits in oddly. I mean I get it, but I I accept it. Of the original cast, was it at least Rita and Carol that came back? Uh, those were the two I think were for sure the same. The voice actors. Uh, it was yeah. everybody, but you, it was everybody but Yuri and um uh, oh, Judith. Really? No, yeah. Estelle as well. Oh no, Estelle was Eden Regal again. Again, she sounded so different. She does, doesn't she? I had yeah. It's been eleven I, I years though. Yeah, Eden Regal was really young when she did Vesperia. I think she's barely 30 now, so she would have been in her early 20s by the time she did this. Maybe not even that. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny. I think it is Eden Regal, isn't it? Because that's funny, because uh, it means that uh, Flynn and uh, Estelle are brother and sister in real life. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so if we're talking about voice actors, it's probably a good time to close up Vesperia unless anyone has any really yeah. lasting final thoughts on no, I, I, th I think um, we'll, we'll save it for the final thoughts page that we will uh, write in a week or it's so it's a stellar title wow. <laughs> I'm just going to link my review no I'm not I will write something much <laughs> more fun just um, read the URL to everybody right now to type in <laughs> that, that, that's, that's great podcasting right there reading your URLs aloud <laughs> www.http colon or https colon yeah it is https i think um but yeah uh vesperia we've loved going through it can't believe it's only our second tales of game and i'm sure we'll be back but um yeah it's been a blast playing through it steph wants symphonia i can feel it through the computer screen right now i would join you on a symphonia one it's fine i always want to replay that um but anyway uh vesperia was great let's go uh listeners if you want to uh, reach out to us ask us any questions you can email us at retro at rpgfan.com we love to hear from you uh you can also come to our forums which not very much used now but you can still come we on talk about it just go on discord <laughs> go on we discord. have a link on our website we do I do. it, it feels like discord. we trash the forums every episode maybe that's a little unfair <sighs> the forums it's true it is still active but i just think discord is kind of the way to go moving forward oh yeah so more than welcome to join the forums but it's a little bit quieter compared to our discord and if you want to be where it's happening it's discord very much there are some or people who social media platforms yeah i was getting there <laughs> i promise um but yeah no um discord we do have a discord which is pretty active really well run please come and shout out to us uh we also have facebook twitter instagram uh it's all there we've got so many different um, avenues you can go down and contact us uh, we also have two different podcasts, Random Encounter, which is ongoing, hosted by new host Greg Delmage. Um, and we have Rhythm Encounter, which is coming back at some point. Cannot tell you when. Um, we are working on it, I promise. Um, 
But most importantly, if you want to um, listen to us even more, come please review us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen. We love feedback. Please subscribe to us as well, because that means we get our name out there. And we love to hear more listeners come along to Retro Encounter, come along with ideas, email us with ideas, and just get involved with um, RPG Fan and the podcast in general. We really love that. Um, so next week we have we're kind of extending Tales of Month a little bit. So we have an episode on the Wolf Team split. So that will be largely on Tales of Fantasia and Star Ocean and any of those games they got involved. So those early Tales of oh, Star Ocean. I'm not part of that, but that sounds really cool. Mm, it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of really interesting discussion, I think, because those two games are really similar, and you can see the shared DNA between the two series and. Yeah, oh. even though it's technically in March, I think that's sort of our final cap off to Tales of Month. Um, after that though, March, I think I said last week, um, our game journal is going to be Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals, so Ooh. it's going to be a really exciting one to do, the 16-bit RPG from the SNES era. Um, that game is super good and I love it, but I decided to not be on those episodes because I have been on too many episodes recently. <laughs> I haven't played it and I'm also not on them. <laughs> um... Then after that, we've got an episode on RPG jobs classes. That's going to be really fun. I can't believe we haven't done one. That's really surprising. Yeah, it, it, it was a very natural subject to come up, and I'm sort of amazed that it, it doesn't happen until year five of the podcast. You could easily do like separate episodes on like warrior classes and mage classes. So it's going to be an interesting one. I hope you go into some of the weirder ones. So I'm sure you will. Like, oh yeah. Um, I'm talk about chef. talk about like the uh, the bar bouncers from Disgaea Four and stuff. Nice. <laughs> um, and then one more episode we have for March is a Kingdom Hearts 3 spoiler cast, which is still in the works. Um, three panelists on that are going to get together and spoil the hell out of the finale of the Xehanort saga. So I look forward to that just because you guys are pretty fully equipped with everything about that series. I'm going to rely on Peter a lot because I have a lot more bugbears <laughs> about this series okay. than he does. But yeah, I, I, I had to do a lot of YouTubing uh, to get up to speed with everything. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be really fun. Um, uh, but if you want to listen and reach out to us directly, where can you find us? Um, so, Steph, where can we find you? You can find me on, usually on Twitter, but I'm on quite a few spaces. If you literally just type dice, like playing dice, D-I-C-E-S-M-S on Google, you'll probably find me in a few spots. <laughs> mostly Twitter, mostly Tumblr, mostly whatever. Um, and Mike, Follow me. I draw pictures. <laughs> You do draw such good pictures. Your six thousand followers, which I remember from yeah, the Facebook. Yeah, yeah, we got six thousand well. followers on Twitter. Please Ooh. join our Twitter, RPG Fan. Yeah. Um, I love the image you made for the six thousand followers thing. Yeah. I, I, I didn't I realize that it, it was so obscure. Yeah, I know. I didn't. <laughs> really? I, I, I realized it when I'm. It, it took me a little bit of staring at the image, but when I, but when I realized it, I was just dumbfounded. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, Thank you. So good. <laughs> um and Mike, where can we find you? Right. Um, probably most easily on Twitter. I am at the real monsoon and also at Evoker for Dogs. I am Monsoon or Monsoon Mike on most places on the internet. So uh you can either search for my name or search for monsoon and you will probably find me. Or you might find like a weather report about the rainy season in Asia or something. <laughs> it's good to know about. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um and listeners, if you want to reach out to me, the best place is also Twitter. I am at Alana Hagues. Uh, I'm on the RPG Fan Discord, so please come and join and 
at me at diving falcons or if you want to be really traditional and email me about anything i do or anything that the website does uh you can email me at alana h at rpgfan.com and with that i hand back the reins of the retro encounter guild to mike very sheepishly although i've had a blast hosting these episodes and thank you both so much for joining me on this it's been welcome it was so much fun It was so much fun revisiting this game and then talking about it for hours and hours with people I love talking with. Quite. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Good night. Good luck.